thank very much again Reverend Campbell for the invitation to come along and to uh, bring God's word this morning. It's always a privilege, it's always uh, great to be to be invited back again. You, you, sometimes you're invited once and then when you don't get an invitation back again you start to wonder. But I always remember uh, oh, many years ago I was going to preach at a, a harvest service. I was booked to preach at the booth services on that particular Sunday and the the minister got up um, to make the announcements and then he was giving the welcome. He says, you know, he says, we're delighted to have our brother here to preach the word today. And he says he'll be here twice. He'll be here this morning and then he'll be here in the evening again. So he says that gives you two reasons to come to the both meetings. He says you can come this morning and you can say, boy, he was good. We'll go back again tonight to hear him again. Or maybe... He was very, very poor. And you'll be able to say, well, he couldn't be as bad tonight again. We'll go tonight again. So he says, that gives you two, two excuses to be here. So I don't know which one, the last time I was here, whether you're here this morning in thoughtfulness of saying, well, he was very good the last time, or maybe you're here this morning to think, well, he couldn't be as bad this morning again. So whatever reason you're here this morning, it's good uh, to be one with another in fellowship. We're going to read together uh, from the book of Isaiah this morning, Isaiah the prophet, and we're going to turn to the chapter 26. The chapter 26, because there was a little thought on a subject and a topic that was on my mind, especially uh, in these days in which we're living, and that is uh, the peace, the peace of God. We find here in Isaiah chapter 26, and we'll read together from the verse number 1. <clears throat> In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. And thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high. The lofty city he layeth it low. He layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even uh, to the dust. The foot shall tread it down. Even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Most upright does weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are on the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shown to the wicked. Yet, will he not learn righteousness? In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy of the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Amen. We do know that the Lord will bless. Again, the reading of his own inspired word. Let's just bow together 
as we seek the Lord's help. Our gracious and eternal Heavenly Father, we bow now humbly and we bow reverently before Thee. We thank Thee that You have said in Your Word that we are to call upon Thee. And we do so right now, Lord, because Thou knowest the need that is represented. As we have come together this morning, our Father, Thou knowest the need of every heart, every waiting heart. Thou knowest every head bowed. Thou knowest every family circle that is represented. And our Father, as we come together this morning, as we open up the sacred page, we do pray, Father, that we might see beyond that sacred page even today, that we might hear beyond the, the, the speaker's voice this morning, that we might hear that still, small voice of God coming clearly even to us, whatever situation we find ourselves in this morning. Perhaps, our Father, we have come this morning and maybe there's a burden upon our hearts this morning. Maybe there's a heaviness, Lord. Maybe there's a fear. Maybe there's an unbe- a, 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 a doubt this morning. Maybe there's a, a sphere of unbelief, Lord. Whatever the situation, we thank Thee that we come to the God of heaven, the one who knows how to meet us at the very point of our need this morning. And we do pray for your precious word as it goes forth this morning for speaker and for hearer alike. We do pray, Lord, as we gather together this morning that there'll be a great sense of your presence. Cover us now beneath that precious shed blood of Calvary. Lord, I do claim thy help. I pray for the unfilling of the Holy Spirit and I pray for the anointing of God to rest and to remain even upon this house. Do remember the work of God here. And we've been hearing about it in the children's work and the youth work and the various meetings that are coming up. We do pray, Father, uh, for Reverend Campbell and his family here this morning. We pray as they lead the work here. And we do pray for the church board as they support him in these days. And Lord, we realize we're living in days that are difficult and hard. There's much, by the way, of apathy and coldness. But Lord, we do pray for that mighty outpouring because our God is the same God uh, that we worship even today. So be with us now, Lord. Put that wall of fire around about us. Cover us beneath the precious blood. Bring every thought into captivity with thyself even this morning. And we will be careful to give thee the praise and indeed all of the glory this day. For we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. In the chapter 26 and the verse number 3, is the little verse that has been on my mind uh, for some time. This little verse says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he thrusteth in thee. I want us to think this morning of this great peace that God promises for us this morning. A peace here not only for the nation of Israel, A peace here not only for the nations that are depending and trusting in God, but I believe through the pen of the prophet Isaiah, he brings that peace right down to your heart and to my heart even this morning in the days in which we're living in. And I don't have to come here this morning to tell you the turbulence and the tumult that's even in our own little province, even in our own family circles, even in our own lifestyles even today. We sit down at night and we turn on the television and we listen to the news. We listen to the radio through the day. We turn to the daily papers. And then, of course, we have our own trusted and dependable social media. 
And whenever you turn on the Facebook, well, I mean, there you're going to get all the truth that's happening around the world. But, you know, sometimes I find when we sit down to listen to the news that it fills you full of despair. And it fills you full of, perhaps at times, sorrow. And you, you think to yourself that is there no way out of the situation that we find ourselves in? And that we're in a state of turmoil. But here God says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. I think of the Apostle Paul when he was writing the letters there to the various churches and indeed to uh, the evangelists themselves. And how often he starts off in that introductory uh, letter by saying grace and peace to you. You see, Paul felt that there was a very needed uh, substance from God and that was the peace that he passes to us. Paul could say it was a peace that passes all understanding and that can be ours. God hasn't given us a peace this morning that's transient. It has, he hasn't given us a peace this morning that, that, that is uh, moving away from us. He gives us a settled peace into our hearts because our, our, our hearts are settled upon him this morning. That's what I want to take a look at this morning. Because it tells us in Isaiah chapter 43, in the verse number 1, it says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. But you know, we can take that to ourselves this morning. Because here's what God says to you this morning, and what God says to me, he says, he says I have redeemed you. He says, I have saved you, I have purchased you, I have bought you. He says, you're my child this morning. He says, I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. And then he says this. He says this. He says, when thou passest through the waters. He didn't say, if you pass through the waters. The waters and the fires in Isaiah chapter 43 speak of the trials and the difficulties and tribulations and the tears that we go through from time to time. We're not always on the mountaintop. There are times whenever we're down in the valley. But here's what God says. They shall not overflow thee. Those trials, those testings, those tribulations, they'll not get you down. They'll not put you out of the walk with God. Why? Because he says, when you're walking through the fire, he says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. He says, I'm going to go through the fires with you. I'm going to go through the waters with you. I'm going to go through the trials and the tribulations and the tears. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to guide you through it. I think of the young psalmist, the, uh, David. Do you remember in that Psalm 23? He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm the king? Not at all. Because he says, thou art with me. And I wonder this morning, am I speaking to someone who's going through a trial right now at this moment in time? This morning, is this message just for you? You're going through that time of difficulty. You're going through that time of not another person knows about it because you've got a smile in your face this morning and you can shake the hand of the one at the door and you can say, is that a lovely morning? But you're going through a very difficult time at this moment. And God has a very special word for you. He says, I'm going through it with you. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Let's look at this peace here this morning that God wants to give to us. First of all, it's a precious peace. This is a precious peace because it's coming from God. 
It's coming from God. It says here in verse number three, it says, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Look at that for a moment. Look at the assurance there. God says, I'll I'll keep him in perfect peace. No matter what trial we're going through, we can have an element of peace in that trial because we know that God has everything under his control. And he knows all about the situation that we find ourselves in. The Hebrew here in this this, in this verse, it says here, and thou will keep him in perfect peace, is a double word, shalom, shalom. In other words, God is saying here, peace upon peace. And whenever we get that word doubled up in the scriptures, then we can feel the intensity of the situation that God is talking about. And in this case, it's the peace that God wants to bestow upon you and me this morning for the situation that we're in. It's a peace that goes beyond peace. The Apostle Paul says it goes beyond all understanding. Imagine that for a moment. I remember a situation we had many, many years ago in the family, a time of sickness. It was actually the time Dean was so well. And I remember sitting at his bedside, Colin and myself, and I remember both of us sitting at one end of the bed, the other side of the bed, and I remember watching Dean in it, and at that particular point in time, Dean was so low that he could have passed away. But I remember somehow feeling a peace in that situation. And I began to think to myself the next day how wrong it was that I should have a peace, and yet somehow I didn't realize it was the peace that God was giving to us to take us through that situation. It wasn't my peace, it was God's peace that came to the soul at that particular time. And what does God says here? He says he'll keep us in that peace. I think of Philip. Philip the evangelist, there he was, he was preaching the word of God. And then persecution came to Jerusalem. Saul of Tarsus, he was making havoc with the churches. And there he was in Jerusalem, he was causing a havoc. He had signed the death warrant of Stephen and the rest of the believers had to flee. We read about that young man, Philip. And as he left Jerusalem, I'm sure he didn't fully understand the situation. But you know, he came down to Samaria. And when he came down to Samaria, what did he do? He preached Christ unto the people of Samaria. He realized what that city needed. They needed to hear the gospel. That young man wasn't dwelling on, on, on what was happening in his life. He was trusting the God of heaven to take him through that situation. You see, he had a peace about it. And then whenever... He saw revival in Samaria. He saw men and women getting saved. He saw them being healed. He saw demon spirits being cast out. And then God comes to him again. He says, Philip, he says, I want you to move on. He could have said, Lord, I'm enjoying revival here. Lord, the people in Samaria need me here. But no, God comes to him and he says, I I want you to move on. And Philip, with that same peace in his mind, knowing that this was of God, knowing that the whole situation God had planned, whatever he was going to find down that desert road, he knew this was of God. And with a peace in his heart, he moved off. I think of Job. Do you remember whenever Job got up that morning, all was well? The day just had begun when he got the knock at the door. And the messenger came and told him about his his herds and his flocks and his family and all had been completely wiped out and Job was left with nothing. 
The changing times, the changing circumstances in his life. And he was left with nothing. And yet he could say, well, the Lord knows the way that I take. My, what a God we have. And God and Job had a peace about it all. Oh, yes, there were times he was in turmoil. There were times he felt it. And times again he had to come back to know that the Lord was there in everything. He will keep us in perfect peace. When I read the epistle to the Romans and Paul speaks there of a peace, this is an inward peace he's speaking about. And that's the peace that we can enjoy this morning. The apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore being justified by faith. Who do we need justified with? We need to be justified by God. You see, you and I, whenever we were born into this world, we were born with sin in our hearts. We were born with our faces against God. We were born in enmity with God. And so something had to happen. And there was nothing that we could do about it to get that peace again with God this morning because there was a broken relationship. Maybe I'm speaking to someone this morning and you're not in that relationship with God this morning. Maybe you have never come to the foot of the old rugged cross of Calvary. You see, God, in his great love for you and for me, knowing the situation that we were in, he took the very best that heaven had to offer. He took his own dear son. And he sent him down into this world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you'll remember that day whenever they took him to Calvary's hill. You'll remember there whenever they laid him upon that old rugged cross. And there they hammered his hands and his feet into that cross. They plaited upon his head that, that crown of thorns. And then they lifted him up between heaven and earth. And Jesus prayed. He says, Father, he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Maybe today I'm speaking to someone and you're still outside that fold and family of God. Maybe I'm speaking to someone this morning and you've never made your way to Calvary. You've never recognized your sin. You've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior. And somehow at night when you lay your head upon the pillow, you don't have that peace. You don't have the peace in knowing that if anything was to happen through the night hours and through the dark hours, that it would be absent from the body and present with the Lord. You don't have that assurance. You have no assurance of heaven and home. Oh yes, you may have religiosity. You may have churchianity. You may sit down at night and you may say your prayers and you may even read your scriptures, but you don't have the peace of God in your heart this morning. You're not saved this morning. This is a precious peace, dear friends. This is something that religion will not do for you this morning. This is something that good works will not do for you this morning. This is even something that wishful thinking will not do for you this morning. It's coming to Christ to be forgiven. It's a precious peace. I want you to know something else about this. It's a provided peace. Notice what the scriptures tells us here. It says, thou will keep him in perfect peace. This is, this is God's peace. Now think of the scene. There where Jesus gathers his disciples together. There, do you remember that little band of followers that had been with him now for some three years and now it was time that he would leave them. It was time that he would leave this old world. It was time that he would go back to his father's side. But before he leaves them, he knows all about them. He knows the hurt that's going to be caused. He knows the hole that's going to be left. He knows all about it. And he knows everything about you this morning, about me. 
And you know the difficulty that we're going through this morning, he knows all about it. Because that's what the scriptures tell me. Because in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 in the verse 15 says, We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was tempted in all the points like as you are and I. The difficulties, the trials, the pains, the letdowns, everything. He knows all about that this morning. And he knows about you as you sit in the house of God this morning. Jesus knew the disciples would feel when he would be arrested. He knew that. Whenever he would be charged. I think of the promise that God gave to the Hebrew travelers. He says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. As thy days. He gives us a peace this morning. And he gives us a strength this morning. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, peace I leave with you. He says, my peace I give unto you. And then he said this. He says, not as the world giveth give I unto you. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You see, Jesus was doing something here for these disciples that the world couldn't do. When he would be taken from them, they would get a peace that would pass all understanding. They would get a peace. Not as the world. You see, the world can give us a false peace. I was just listening or watching a program there earlier in the week. And it was some lady that had, I think she had won, I think it was... I think it was a million pounds. I'm not sure if it was a million pounds. They were interviewing her. And she says, you know what has brought the greatest peace to me? Just to know that I can pay off my mortgage. Just to know that I can buy a new car. Just because, just to know that I now can ha- have a new house and I can go on my holidays. You know, it, it gives me such a, a sense of peace. But you know, it's, it's a false peace. It's, it's a stick and plaster of the world. And the world can give us a false peace. But what the Lord Jesus Christ was giving to these disciples on this particular day was a peace that would pass all understanding. Do you know it's a protected peace as well? Because look what the Lord says here in verse number three. He says, thou will keep him. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. You see, God is going to keep him. The moment that you and I come and we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, we're entering into his keeping power. And with our eyes firmly fixed upon him in every trial and every situation, he keeps us in that perfect peace that he wants to give you and me this morning. Isn't that what the writer to the Hebrews said? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And considering all that he went through for you and me. You see, this is a protected peace. The disciples, do you remember there how they sailed across the sea with Jesus? My, they'd been sharing with him and they'd been working with him. They'd been praying with him. Then he says to those disciples, he says, let's get into the little boat and let's go to the other side. You see, there was a word of assurance that they were going to the other side. And when they were in the little boat... And I'm sure they were greatly excited, perhaps of what Jesus had been doing. They had had such a great time with him. 
And they were talking to each other and they were exchanging stories and they were exchanging uh, laughs. And there they were, everything was so fine. And Jesus took leave of himself and he went to another little section of the boat. He got down and he fell asleep in the boat. And then as he slept in the boat, something happened that really stirred the disciples. Why the, the skies began to get black and the winds began to blow and the waves began to beat on against the little boat. So much so that these disciples actually felt that they were going to perish. They hadn't gone through a time like These were professional fishermen. And my, they ran to where the Lord Jesus Christ was. And they woke him up. And they said to the Lord, he says, do you not care that we perish? Imagine. You see what had happened. They had got their minds off the Lord. They had got their eyes off the Lord and their eyes now were firmly fixed upon the storm that they were going through. And they couldn't understand the storm that they were going through and they couldn't fathom the storm they were going through and so they had lost sight. And then they came to the Lord and the Lord said, O ye of little faith. You see, the Lord was there all the time but they had got their eyes off. And you know, dear friends, it's very, very easy in these days as we go through times of difficulties and times of trial, just to get our eyes off the Lord. And when we get our eyes off the Lord, we lose the peace that he wants to give us. But you know, with our eyes upon him this morning, it's a protected peace. All the disciples' peace was gone. I think of that young man, Joseph, in the Old Testament scriptures. Do you remember how he, he, he set out at the age of 17? The father says to him, I want you to go down. I want you to see your brothers. I want you to bring me back a report of them. And that young man left his home that morning with, with a real sense of peace in his heart that he was going out to do his father's will. And of course, the story from there just went downhill. The circumstances and the situations changed in that young man's life. As he left his home that morning, he would never return for some 20 odd years. You see, his brothers saw him coming. And they took him and they sold him as a slave down into Egypt. Purchased by Potiphar down in Egypt. Sold as a piece of meat. Sold as, uh, as something that's unworthy. And he goes into Potiphar's house. And Potiphar sees something different in this young man that he never saw in any other young man. I'm sure Potiphar had many as a slave in his house. But he, he saw something here that he never saw in any of those others. He saw something about this young man. You see, this young man, I believe, had a peace in his heart. Even though he was in Potiphar's uh, home, even though he was away from his own home, he had a peace in his heart. Pray for our young people in university. Pray for our young people as they leave home. Pray for our young people that God will keep them in that peace and that others will see it. And Potiphar saw this peace that he had and he promoted Joseph. I believe that peace was there because he knew God was in control. And his eyes were upon him. Dear friends, this morning, in the house this morning, whatever trial you're going through, God is there with you. Even this morning. And he gives you that peace very, very quickly. It's a proved peace. It's a proved peace. You see, it's one thing to talk about this peace. It's one thing to preach about this peace. It's another thing to enjoy it and to prove it. To prove the peace of God in our lives this day. 
We prove his peace like Philip, like Job, like Joseph. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Paul could say this. The Apostle Paul could say this. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again. He's writing to the little Philippian church. They have sent him a gift. And you know, Paul's so, he, 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 he's so encouraged that here's a little church that was thinking about him. And they sent him a little gift. And Paul told them, he says, you could hardly afford that gift, but you sent it to me anyway. And then he went on to say, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. And then Paul puts it this way. He says, not that I speak in respect of want. He says, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul said, whenever I have plenty, you know I'm content. Doesn't that speak about a peace? A peace that is in Paul's heart. But then he could say something else. But, but when I have nothing... He says, I'm still content. You see, there was a peace about Paul's life. The peace in my heart, he says, it keeps me in all the changing circumstances of time. Whenever the Apostle Paul came to Philippi, there he came, and you'll remember there in Acts chapter 16, it says that he came to Philippi assuredly knowing that God had called him there to preach the gospel. He was going to Philippi with a peace in his heart that he'd got the call of God right. Maybe I'm speaking to a believer this morning. And maybe you're walking afar off from God this morning and you don't have that peace. But Paul came to Philippi assuredly knowing that God had called him. And then you remember how he pointed that wee girl Lydia to the Lord. And then you remember the wee girl in the street with the demon uh, within her. And Paul delivered her through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then where do we find Paul? He's in prison. He's in prison. It's midnight. It's the darkest. It's the coldest. It's the most lonely prison cell in all the jailhouse. Paul and Silas are there and their feet are in stocks. And I can almost imagine the conversation Paul says to Silas. Silas, are you all right? Because I believe that's the sort of a person Paul would have been. Thinking about others. He would have said, Silas, are you okay? And then he would say, well... Let's have a wee word of prayer. Or let's sing a song together. Let's sing a psalm together. Because the Bible tells us that Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sang praises unto God at, at midnight. Why could they do that? Because they realized that God was in it all. God was in it all. God brought them to Philippi. God took them out to that wee meeting place beside the river. God brought them face to face with that demonic power. God brought them into the judgment house and God took them into the prison cell and God was going to bring them before a cold, callous jailer because he needed to know about the Lord. But they had a peace that passes all understanding. The three Hebrew children, as they looked into the fiery furnace that Nebuchadnezzar had heated up seven times. These Hebrew children, my, my, they wouldn't surrender to Nebuchadnezzar's God. They wouldn't bow down to him. They wouldn't worship him in any form or fashion. Nebuchadnezzar says, put them into the furnace. Three young men standing looking into the furnace with a peace in their heart. Because the Bible tells me that they looked at the old king 
And they said to the old king, you know, our God is able to deliver us from this furnace. And if he chooses not to, so be it. Isn't that a great peace? That's the peace of God that passes all understanding today. That's your peace. That's my peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. I trust and pray this morning that the Lord will bless the word to our hearts. Thank you very much.